0: Hello, hello, welcome. Hello. To Monday, and it is May first. It is May. Yes. Now we can stop all the Justin Timberlake and sync memes. No. Why did we not May. put
1: that up? Oh my gosh! Why did we not start with the Justin Timberlake meme? Dang it! We missed opportunity. Yeah. We gotta start over. We gotta.
0: <laughs> all right. See everyone in like two minutes. Two minutes uh, Hi. <laughs> Well, welcome everyone. My name is uh, Chris Lynn. I'm one of the hosts of the Hire Me podcast.
1: Uh, And I'm Heather Balzerik, the other host of the Hire Me podcast. Um, Yeah. See, we do so well in planning this, don't we, Chris? Yes. (laughs) Well, uh,
0: yeah. So so if you're joining us live, uh, welcome. Join the conversation. We would love to have you. Put your thoughts, comments, questions into the comments below, and we'll pull them up. We'll answer them. We'll address them as they pop up. And we would just love to have a conversation. Again, the Hire Me podcast is focused on elevating today's top talents uh, by interviewing job seekers and getting them connected to recruiters and hiring managers and helping them stand out in uh, the, uh, the current labor market. Yes yeah it's so So, rewarding i miss
1: i'm sorry i'm gonna do a quick plug yeah Uh, yeah. i have not gotten to interview anybody recently for the podcast and it makes me very sad not that i'm not i have a bazillion things to do since i started my new role but um i miss it and i would really love to interview some people
0: yeah (laughs) so So, uh we'll
1: put the calendar links up here there we go oh chris is on it uh (laughs)
0: So yeah, if you uh, if you are job hunting and you want to uh, sign up to be interviewed and be featured, uh, go ahead, scan one of these QR codes. Heather's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. And uh, whatever time frame works best for you, you uh, it's a quick 15-minute call. And we create essentially a 10-minute video resume podcast interview for you to send to hiring managers, recruiters, recruiters, wow, and hiring teams. So yeah, we would love to have you yes well uh today we have an incredible guest miles wallace he is here with us so i'm gonna bring him up and we can start having a discussion on uh, what it means to have a disability and how to navigate the market uh if you do have one so miles welcome to the hire me podcast live show
2: well hey 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 chris and heather what's going on
1: oh, as you can see it's a monday
0: Well, uh, Miles, I I can't think of uh, any better way to introduce you other than you just giving a a quick one minute, two minute uh, rundown on yourself. So go ahead and uh, take it away.
2: Of course. Yeah. My name is Miles and I work for Peak Performers. Uh, and my role is strategic partnership specialist. Basically, that role involves going out in the community, uh, working with marketing, and also doing various different other things to connect both job seekers as well as clients to Peak Performers. Because, Chris, I don't know if I told you, but we're changing the world one job at a time. And that happens through one connection at a time. And really, um, that's really what we're all about. Uh, as a nonprofit staffing agency, we believe in the innate ability of all people. And people with disabilities, as you know, experience an unemployment rate that's double that of the national average. And that's something that we're looking to change, not only connecting them to jobs, but to careers as well.
0: I love that. I, I absolutely love that mission. And I know that's something that Heather is also very passionate about and myself uh, working in the DEI field as well. So, uh, yeah, so, it's so important. So, I mean, what do you want to talk to us about today, especially when it comes to someone who may have a disability either seen or unseen Absolutely. In, the, in the market right now?
2: I think that it's important to address, first off, let's talk about what a disability is, right? Um, because you mentioned it right there and you kind of uh, showed the hand a little bit that disabilities can be seen and they can be unseen. So a lot of times people might think, oh, I'm in a wheelchair or I'm missing an arm or something. That's what qualifies as a disability. Um, Or they may have particular visions in mind of like, okay, so this person, uh, say, for example, they are living off of the government or something. That might be some of the images that pop to our mind. But part of what we're doing is we're changing that conversation. We're changing those stereotypes about what it means to have a disability. We actually find that nine times out of 10, a disability is invisible about a person. And it's something that they've been living with and working around their entire life. A lot of times it affects people later in life and they acquire it as a result of accident or injury or sometimes just biology and genetics and uh, kind of aging into it, if you will. Uh, So, for example, uh, I have hearing loss. Uh, You would never know it just by looking at me, but I have profound hearing loss uh, in the upper ranges. And for me, it's more about managing that disability as opposed to fixing it. Right. It's not it's never going to get. Fixed, but it's more about managing it. But I have coworkers that um, may experience a post traumatic stress disorder. I have coworkers that might have ADHD or dyslexia. We have people that work for us that might have various other mental health conditions. Um, It really kind of spans the gambit. The Americans with Disabilities Act does not specifically say, oh, only these conditions count as a disability, it's anything physical or mental that affects one or more major life functions. And as I say, it ain't going away no matter how much you might be able to manage it.
1: I thank you for that very in-depth, like over you. I feel like that is, it's such a good reminder. It's something I feel like you kind of maybe know, mm-hmm. you know, but just hearing somebody articulate it the way you did, Miles is great. Um, so, I had a question. It went somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? So thinking about like the invisible disabilities for a second. Um, and so I I have ADHD. Um, I have suffered from depression before. Um, those types of things, right? Those are usually invisible to, to people um, unless I say it. So um, to someone, what are some of the things that you see? Um, In working with people with like an individual in invisible, sorry, invisible disability, try to put those words together. um, What are some things that you like do to help them or advice that you give to those people um, as they're working through trying to find a new role?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing to recognize is that it's a spectrum, uh, and it's a spectrum. So, oftentimes, the easy example here is autism. We already think of that on a uh, on a spectrum, and it's a spectrum of abilities, but it's also a spectrum of different things that might stand in your way too. And the same is true for anybody that experiences any condition. So, say for example, you have depression. Um, that might not only change for you as a person, but it might change based off the day, change based off the month. And uh, you know, I know that you know this, Heather but maybe for some of the folks in the audience that may have a different preconception in their head, um, disability is constantly about navigating the spectrum, navigating the ups and downs, navigating the variations and uh, changes that occur within it. So having said that, the first thing that I would acknowledge is that looking for a job sucks for everybody. It is con- genuinely terrible for every hu- single human being that I talk to. Nobody says, oh, I really like working 40 hours a week trying to find a job where I'm going to get paid. That That's not something that actually uh, people say. Um, so it, hurt, it, it sucks for everybody, but that said, people with disabilities experience an unemployment rate that is about double that of the average, um, and a lot of times they have different things that might be standing in their way. Um, some of the things that I see pretty regularly is, uh, especially for folks with mental health disabilities, for example, is I may see a series of short-term jobs. You know, I work for six months here, a year here, three months here, um, and it seems like it's a pattern. And... It's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to pin it down and stuff. But maybe there's something else that's going on that's really kind of keeping them out of it. But I also see them genuinely struggling to maybe find that next promotion or maybe struggling to um, advance within the uh, employment world as well. And especially because a lot of times there may be stigmas attached to it to actually identifying and coming out. I'm really glad that you know um, many of us that are here are really really happy and proud to um, have a disability and to talk about it. But um, most people i would say are not and most people still approach it with a certain amount of uh let's keep this at 10 uh, 10 feet away from me uh, just because i want to be seen for the abilities that they have as opposed to the disabilities and then the other thing too is that there's a lot of other patterns that will emerge that we see pretty regularly especially for people that develop disabilities later in life um i don't know if you've uh, ever worked with somebody with a career gap but a lot of times it happens where in fact i've talked to two people this year that told me that they had cancer and finding a job for them at the other end of having a cancer and having that big career gap was actually harder than battling cancer itself. And that's quite a statement. (laughs) That's a, that's a, that's kind of a weird reality we live in right there.
0: Yeah, that's, it's really sad to think about um, this, this old stigma of um, loyalty and, and always needing to be employed Right? Um, can you, uh, I know you touched on this a little bit about, you know, what people are going through, especially those with disabilities, are going through as they're job searching. But I mean, can you share a bit more so those who are watching or listening who may not be who may not have a disability? can you share how much more exasperating it is for those who are job seeking or like how it's affecting them beyond, you know, their own mental or emotional well-being.
2: Absolutely. it's uh, It ranges on the individual and it ranges on exactly what's happening, uh, whether that's something that's visible happening to them or not. Um, I would say that the people that have a uh, physical disability that can be seen and observed by employers probably face the greatest barriers, unfortunately, and particularly like if it is something where I'm blind, uh, there's just a lot of systems that, as much as we talk about accessibility, they are just flat out not set up. And that might be, okay, your website and 90% of your internal systems are set up for success, but then there's that one thing that just doesn't have to be success, uh, happen to be set up for somebody with a JAWS screen reader. So we experience a lot of times where they encounter individual situations like that, particular software pieces. But a lot of it has to do with perception. Um, A lot of it has to do with um, the employer's perception that they will be successful, especially if they come out as having a disability. Um, I I, uh, pretty regularly when I'm out in the community and I tell people that I'm hearing impaired, they will start to slow down while they're talking to me and I'm like, you don't need to do that. Uh, It's nothing wrong with me processing the words that you're saying to me right now. You just have to literally speak louder. And so oftentimes people with disabilities are treated differently. Uh, They are, employers will engage with them and by default employers will assume well because they have this thing they can't do this other thing which is realistically doesn't make any sense at all just because you have depression and anxiety does not mean that you cannot be a great accountant. There is no correlation there whatsoever. So a lot of it's perception. And then the final bit too that I would add is that accommodations is uncomfortable for just about everybody that I talk to. Uh, The job seekers themselves are really afraid to bring it up. They're like, the number one question I get asked is, when do I actually bring this up? When do I talk about this thing? It feels really weird. And imagine if you're going in for your very first day on the job and it's like, nice to meet you, boss. By the way, I'm going to let you know I'm requesting this accommodation. That's an uncomfortable feeling for literally everybody. Um, but it's also uncomfortable for the employers because a lot of them may have the pre- uh, preconception that it's going to be costly. It's going to be complicated. It's going to be difficult for me to do. I'm going to have to treat them specially. Um, most of the time, uh, by the way, it is actually no cost to the employer or very minimal cost However, there still is that perception out there that we as job seekers with disabilities need to overcome.
0: I, I mean, I think part of it is, at least, I'll, I'll speak to my own experience and and learning a bit more about disabilities. Right? Is, um, you know, growing up and 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 when I first entered the job market and I heard about accommodations, like the first thing that came to my mind is like you know people with physical disabilities and like their ability or, you know, my biased nature coming out saying like their inability to do this. So we have to give them more to accommodate, like for that accommodation. And I think that that's where a lot of people may be falling into that. So with that, you know, how can employers support job seekers more who, you know, those job seekers who are disabled, like what else can they do? How can they make their job uh their candidate experience a bit more accessible and
2: inclusive oh so many really big topics to kind of try to dig into <laughs> right there in and uh, how much time do you have um <laughs> So again, uh, a lot of this comes down to individual people. Uh, So you can do a lot of things at a large uh, kind of corporate level kind of thing. Things like the uh, messaging that you're doing as a company, the kinds of people that you're depicting on your website through marketing, uh, as well as the kinds of training that you're pushing out all the way down the ranks. All of those things have impacts. And then also there's other things that we can do as well to impact who we hire and whether or not they... Um, say, for example, um, represent all the spectrum of diversity, be that disability or race, ethnicity, or gender, whatever the case happens to be, you can do things like you can advertise your jobs widely so you approach a broad candidate pool, you can also make sure that you are really reaching out to a lot of groups of people that might not be as visible in the marketplace. So there's a ton of different things that you can do. And by the way, any employers can connect with me afterwards. I actually do free trainings on this for companies uh, where I did dive into a little bit of this a little bit more uh, deeply. So please do connect with me. I promise I don't bite, and I'd be happy to kind of chat with you a little bit, even if it's an informal conversation about some of the things that you can do. But a lot of this happens at that large kind of corporate level, but then trickles down to the individual people. Because at the end of the day, you could have a company that is very well-meaning, but you could have a hiring manager that is um, less open-minded, that is uh, less uh, appreciative of people with disabilities. So this is the kind of thing that oftentimes people uh, view, disability inclusion as a, um, okay, I um, flick a switch and suddenly I am all inclusive, whereas it couldn't be further from that. This is a journey, this is a conversation, this is something that you're constantly working on. and That applies not only to the companies themselves that have to realize this is something that is going to change very slowly and very gradually for me as a company, and for the individual people within that company to work on themselves. We all have biases. We all experience different situations that come up where we are not treating people equally and we all have stuff that we can work on.
0: I love that. Heather, any, uh, well, you know, as, as we come up on time with miles, what, what thoughts do you have? Or questions?
1: Um, so this is, this is something that I've, for me, you know, being diagnosed with ADHD later in life. um, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary of official diagnosis. um, And I I went through some things with um, like a work wellness coach um, to like help me at my previous job, which was amazing. Like that service was amazing. Um, But one of the things that I found that was – for for people that maybe, again, later in life are diagnosed with things um, or, you know, or or it's just new. And what do you feel? Sorry, all these words coming together. I promise I'm going somewhere Um, tools. So sometimes, you know, there's there's so you mentioned the screen readers, right? So those that are visually impaired use screen readers. That's a very known tool that they can use. For people like with ADHD, there are some things like bionic reading that you can do, um, that type of app. Or um, I think about in like a job interview, if somebody would put the question in the chat for me, that is so helpful because then I don't get stuck on one part. I can see the whole question and I know, do you have any other or do you know of any other like tools or things that people might not realize uh, when they have a disability that they could maybe ask for that might help them as they look for a job or or go through interviews.
2: I'm so glad that you mentioned that because, yeah, screen readers are something that is the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people. Um, The number one place that I'd recommend that uh, anybody check out is askjan.org. Uh, This is uh, the Job Seeker Accommodation Network, and um, I'm happy to include a link for that as well. This includes a comprehensive list of uh, many of the different types of disabilities that are out there, and many of the different uh, accommodation ideas. Uh, And keep in mind too that there is a wide spectrum of different things out there um, for creativity and for do-it-yourself. The example that I give is that um, when my uh, grandmother, for example, who did have motor uh, uh, ability impairments, Uh, did age. um, Most of the things that we were doing were outside the box. They were not traditional accommodation kinds of things. They were actually um, subtly adapting her environment to suit you and any individual with a disability, you're going to find that you are probably going to find the same way. For me, um, I've been adapting myself for years. Uh, I do things like stand a little bit closer to you in public. Uh, I typically make really good eye contact with you and I'll read your lips. These are not actual accommodations that you'd find, but rather adaptations that you find. And typically, the thing that I usually tell people is that you know yourself and you know your body the best, you know your mind the best, and you know what's going to make you the most successful but don't be afraid to ask for it. Uh, I think the biggest challenge that many job seekers come across is one, they are afraid to ask for it. They're afraid to ask for what they need to be successful and they just try to wing it. And and, and at least somebody will notice that things are a little bit different about them and maybe they might be perceived differently. For example, unfortunately, we have experienced folks with ADHD where the perception of them is, oh, you're not paying attention to me or you have really trouble, a hard time following up on things and staying on task or something. Whereas maybe if we had a conversation at the beginning of the employment situation and a continued conversation going back to that, it's all about having a conversation and continuing it through the entire time. Um, maybe we could get in front of that. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about what you need to be successful. And maybe we could kind of develop something that's going to make it work out because for any person with a disability, I genuinely believe this. It's all a matter of looking at the job, looking at the person's abilities, looking at the tools that are in place and using a little bit of creativity to find a way to make it work.
0: I love that. Um, You know, as you were saying that in my mind, for us to combat the bias against those who are just, you know, who may have a disability, it's, it really is about looking at, is this person able to, to do the work? Yes or no. And yes, we all work differently. Like it's almost like having different work styles. Right. Um, and so pardon me if I'm, you know, oversimplifying that maybe, or like generalizing it a bit, but I think we do, we do need to have a mindset shift, to looking at people as people right um something that we you know many of us are pushing but it's not necessarily happening in the workplace so i, I love that um before we uh i let you go miles i actually have one more question so for those who um who may be employed or those who are um working in organizations that build candidate and employee experiences like what else can we do as individuals to support job seekers who may have a disability?
2: I think the biggest thing that we can do as individual people is um, try to recognize that this is something that we all are working on, this is something that we are all, are all changing um this is not something that's going to happen overnight and this is uh, i know that i sound repetitive here but realize that this is an individual by individual person kind of thing and this is going to be a conversation by conversation but there are other things that you can do too what i would encourage you to do is get a little bit more educated uh and try to acknowledge maybe some of those preconceptions that you have uh you know we actually saw a really blockbuster year for Um, Many different celebrations of disabilities, such as Coda, that came out a couple years ago, that may have changed a lot of people's minds about what exactly what it means to be deaf and exactly what it means to be hard of hearing. Uh, You can also kind of read resources. You can read people um, online, uh, many of whom are on LinkedIn, and they're talking about their disability very openly. And you can just challenge yourself and challenge exactly what you think a disability means and what a disability includes. For our part purposes, we do have a comprehensive list on our website of different examples of disabilities, So feel free to check that out. But I encourage you to dive deep in, um, discover some people uh, and listen to some people. I can recommend a couple of really good TED Talks that might help change your mind about exactly what it means to live and work with a disability as well.
0: Awesome. yeah. Heather, final thoughts?
1: Um, just thank you, Miles. And, and like you said, like the more that you can understand what it's like for someone, if you have never um, used a screen reader before, um, I highly recommend you go find one to to try, because then it will it will really change your mind about how you. Put things together in an email, uh, you put things together in a post, the alt text you put on images, like it will really make you think about their experience when they view your materials um, and being in learning and development is part of the reason like that's top of mind for me as well. So, um, but thank you. I, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Um, those TED talks. Yes. If you, you want to send them to us, like we'll post them on, we'll post them uh, to share as well.
2: Absolutely, and do you mind if I make one final point for all the businesses that might be watching out there? Go on. Uh, yes. A lot of times, we may view this as something of like, "Oh, this would be a nice to have, right?" No, the business imperative for you. Uh, I know that it sounds like. Oh, disabilities. I'm probably going to get around to that. But realistically, I um, realized that 26% of Americans experience a disability. So these are not another group of people. These are your friends. These are your neighbors. This is possibly even you. And furthermore, um, when you're looking out for disability inclusion, as you should be, you're not only looking out for all of your friends' jobs, you're looking out for potentially your future job as well because we can acquire a disability later in life and wouldn't you want to be able to live and work successfully throughout the rest of it? Again, thank you so much for having me on, uh, Chris and Heather. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Have me back on anytime and uh, any employers or job seekers out there, connect with me. I'm happy to get you connected to Peak Performers and all the resources we have.
0: Yes, Miles, thank you again so much. It was great. Yeah, it was great having you. Um, If you're watching uh miles information is scrolling at the bottom there as well as the uh information for peak performers and if you're listening we will be sure to include it in the show notes uh for you to check out later uh well miles thank you again and we will talk to you soon
2: thank you bye y'all bye miles
0: Ooh a wealth of information there Heather
1: I right, look I'm I'm over here like just trying to stay focused and not go to the website that he talked about the the Jan one like I I like wanted to go right then and I was like no Heather stay focused
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I I did that I did that I was like because I was like oh we gotta like put this up on the screen so I was like all right I, I got it I got it
1: oh man um all right we have four minutes do you want to touch on our buzzword today?
0: yeah why don't why don't we yeah i know you're excited about touching on buzzwords and and buzzwords that you know we like and don't like so uh
1: right. heather uh, so, you want
0: to yeah,
1: in, yeah introduce the
0: segment this,
1: this is all right so we're gonna break down the buzzword today and today it's one of chris's favorites <laughs> to not like uh yeah. and that is thought leader
0: yeah this one this one irritates me because it is it takes the social media influencer kind of realm and puts it into a job description not not only is thought yes thought leadership is important but most people should not be a thriving to become a thought leader um just based on their work they naturally become experts in their in their field so that's one but then when you are asking a you're putting that into your job description and you're bringing that thought leadership into quote unquote thought leadership into your organization. It's more about ideas than actual execution in to me, right. It's telling people, Hey, we value you for the ideas, but not much else. And then the problem is though, is that in these job descriptions, they're asking for the thought leaders and then so much more, Right. And I think for most employers, most companies, most organizations, you don't need to put that in there. You just don't. Because yeah. by virtue of hiring people who are experts in the field or in that role, they already have some thought leadership already built in. It's They already have experienced enough. If you're asking for thought leadership, to me, you're asking for someone with multiple years of experience someone who is very experienced so they've already got that they've probably experienced several different organizations or different teams have executed on many of those areas so you just don't need to put that in there i don't know for me that's that's my thought is when i see that in a job description I see an organization that is kind of grasping and saying, "We don't know what we're doing, and we don't even know what this role is. We just want someone who is a quote unquote expert."
1: Yeah, and I I agree with you on that. I think too sometimes when I read thought leader, and the way I think about it is, you know, they're looking for somebody like you said with experience, but also somebody that's like just confident in in their knowledge. And I think that you can say that in a in a much simpler way of like we're looking for an experienced leader or we're looking for somebody with x number of years experience in this subject matter and and that just kind of comes along with it because if they're well versed in these things then they're going to to be able to kind of have the confidence and lead those thoughts um and you know be that other buzzword that innovator mm-hmm. um <laughs> I'll touch on
0: that one another day. I know um, that's Heather, a whole actually,
1: other conversation. Heather,
0: actually, that real quick, um, that brings up a whole other thought uh for me is that you know, when you say we want someone who's confident in this area of expertise, it also further perpetuates, you know, elevating those who are typically extroverted, those who are very charismatic. It is a very specific like personality type. And we've seen over the last 50, 60, 70 years how that has actually led to a lot of toxic work environments, is having that one, mm-hmm. not saying it's bad, I'm just saying, but having that one specific type of personality yeah. leads to a degeneration of, of diversity and thoughts and innovation within the organization itself. So Yes, yes thought leadership great maybe to bring in to like consult real quick or like do something but not as an actual like job description not yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. be be specific <clears throat> those years of experience equal you know the the competence and confidence <laughs> that somebody needs to be a thought leader so just stick with the years of experience in what you're looking for i think exactly. that that makes it much cleaner and yeah. easier for recruiters and hiring managers to actually be able to establish yeah, the, exactly. you know, who, who is, you know, aligned with the job. There's the word. Yeah. <laughs> There's a word there somewhere. Okay. Uh well, and the, we, the, yeah. And we will uh, we will dive into innovator another day. Um Emily, uh, so Emily says she thought this started at three. Um, sorry about that. We had um
0: That was me. <laughs> I had a We I had, a had a little mix typo. up on the
1: on the image, but, uh, but whatever you missed, you know, we'll put it back up and you can, uh, you can come and watch again.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, as, as we wrap up, uh, if you're watching, listening to this again, we are live on YouTube and LinkedIn on our hire me podcast pages. So be sure to subscribe and follow us everywhere. You are watching this. If you're listening to us, you already know where you're finding us, but make sure you are following us. Right. Uh, and, and if you can give us a like, or give us uh, a little rating, Those are always nice. Won't won't complain about those. Those Um (laughs) uh, again, if you know this is the hire me podcast. We're we're uh, interviewing multiple people, both job seekers to really elevate them in today's job market as it is getting more and more difficult, and we're seeing more layoffs. I mean, we just saw Amazon lay off what another nine thousand people last week. I saw Lyft uh was uh, i feel like it was a thousand or something like that at lyft yeah Yeah. it's yeah so um we're here we are free resource we heather and i do not take a dime from this so yeah we are here for you all uh tell people about us share us and uh yeah Heather, I feel like I've been rambling. So close this out. <laughs> all
1: right. Yeah. Everybody, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks again to Miles. Uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. Go uh, look at all of the links that we're going to share in the show notes. Uh, and keep coming back for more. Uh, Chris will be back next week um, with um, a guest. I can Chris. Kristen, Kristen Carlson Kristen, next week. Yeah. Kristen Carlson. Yep. Uh, and then we are actually going to be moving the show to Friday's uh the week of may 15th so um be here next monday with chris and Kristen, and then we will move to next we'll move to may 19th we will start doing this on fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific All all right everybody have a great rest of your day uh go share the podcast